Welcome to the ATM Podcast, where we discuss all the latest news in the football world. We dive into budgets, transfers, interesting fixtures, while sprinkling in just a little bit of salacious player news too. Episodes are uploaded every Tuesday and Thursday and are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at the ATM Podcast. We are also available on YouTube, where we will be posting episode segments and other bonus content. We hope you guys enjoy our podcast. Drop us a like, even a review. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the ATM Podcast. Um, it's your boy, Al Bakwe, and I'm joined again by my two co-hosts, Tabang and Munashi. Uh, yeah, today we got a, another episode for y'all. Uh, we're going to be previewing, not previewing, reviewing basically the games of the weekend and also going over some of the Champions League fixtures coming up. As we all know, the Champions League is back. So, yeah, we're pretty excited for that. Um, but without further ado, further ado, let's kick it off. First game we're going to talk about is Arsenal versus Everton. Um, yeah, um, I guess to start myself off, uh, basically, Good, good one all victory, you know. Finally, finally broke that curse of losing at Goodison. Um, but yeah, I think we haven't won there since the the Wenger days. Um, yeah, pretty convincing performance. Dominated the game all throughout. Um, yeah, good, good, good goal from Leandro Trossard. Honestly, good three points. Uh, not really much more to add. Good performance uh, all around from the team. Introduction of Raya also coming into the into the making his Arsenal debut as well was pretty good. Um, didn't really have much to do, but uh, yeah, I guess it's a good thing to come of of um, your Arsenal debut with a clean sheet, of course, and a very decent performance too. I guess. Um, did you guys catch the game? Maybe, perhaps. Uh, I saw this game. Uh, Everton. Guys, we didn't have Everton to go down, but with the way they are playing, they could actually go down because they did defend in this game for large parts pretty well, but going forward, they didn't really offer much. And like you said, Raya didn't have much to do. If they stay up, there either has to be some real luck or some proper corruption because they did not look good. And it could have been worse for them and they could have been behind sooner had it not been for a very tight VAR call from Martinelli. Because Mm -hmm. honestly, I was very lucky in terms of how he stepped up. So... I think this is more to do with a very bad Everton performance than a very good Arsenal one. And the manner in which Arsenal scored their goal, it was very easy. Take nothing away from the finish, though. It is a good one, but I don't think Everton came out of this with a lot of credit. And I think more off-the-pitch stuff is the more interesting thing in terms of the future of these two sides, but I'll get to that after hearing Tabang's thoughts. All right. seems like we have a bit of technical difficulties with Tabang. Um, but in any case, just to add off your, your comments also, Mush, uh, in terms of the game. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think I do think it was a pretty not I wouldn't say a bad Everton performance because I kinda got what I expected when we faced them. You know, they were gonna just play a a very defensive line, just throw everyone behind the ball and you know, just try and keep us out. Um would I expect that would I expect them to do that at home though? Not really. I, I kinda do just let me not say discredit them for not, you know, going for the goal more, at least, you know, trying to attack because we all know how difficult the Goodison, Goodison can be if, you know, the fans are all behind you and you're giving them something to, you know, back you on. But they, I don't think they did anything of that sort 
um, in that game. Um, they were pretty poor for me going forward. Like I said, Raya, Raya had a fairly easy, comfortable game. Um, just had to stop a couple crosses. That's about it. Um, distributed the ball well too, though. Credit on him. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I generally do agree with you. Everton played quite poorly. Um, yeah, I also do think the only thing that maybe kind of credits Everton a bit is the scoreline because I do think we should have had more goals. We completely dominated that game for me. Uh, Odegaard should have had one. Um, like you also said earlier on, if it wasn't for the offside. Which I don't really understand how is it offside though because it did come off their player. But in any case, it is. Uh, is. Uh, it doesn't matter at the end. Uh? It came off the player. Yeah. I never saw that in the replay. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So hence I'm like, you know what? It, it is what it is. It didn't cost us at the end. So it is what it is. Um, got the result. That's all that matters. So, yeah, we can keep the pressure piling on Man City too. Um, but, yeah, do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, well, while TB is still not here, I'll just say what yeah, I think. I'm, was... I'm back now, but now just, just, just finish your point there. Uh, the more interesting stuff on the off-field aspect, I'll start with Arsenal. Your goalkeeping situation, my man. Like, <laughs> I saw a report that says that, hey, Ramsdale, Bayern and Chelsea could be monitoring that situation. And considering the fact that Robert Sanchez isn't, hasn't really set the world alight so far at Chelsea, maybe they could, Chelsea could be like, yo, Aaron, we need a new number one. Kepa doesn't have a future here. Because Arteta's always been downplaying the fact that they have two very good goalkeepers saying things like, eh, there are times where I wish I could sub my goalkeeper. There was, I think you saw those quotes or you know what I'm talking about. But I think eventually it's going to come to a head and somebody's going to get sold. So I think that my money is going to be on Ramsdale to be sold. Because I think Raya's better with his feet. So and also with coming out and claiming crosses. So mm, I think I... that's a story to watch. In terms of uh, Everton. Oh, you wanna say something? Yeah, just I'm sorry to cut you off, but just before you move on to uh, Everton. But that whole goalkeeper situation, bro, it's one thing I understand the goalkeeping position is the one one part where it's difficult to have two top um, players in that position specifically because they are hardly ever rotated. But again, considering that the amount of games we have this season, um, I think it's going to probably work out. It is going to be interesting to see how Arteta manages it. Um, I do expect Ramsdale to, to start uh, during the week against PSV and potentially against Spurs as well. He could maybe... Put in Raya, not too sure, uh, in maybe the cup games and take it from there. Um, I do agree with you, Raya is better with, at Ram, with Ramsdale at you know distribution and uh, commanding of the box. But it's one of those things where we're going to come to also in terms of your goalkeeping situation where I feel like I don't want us to now sacrifice a good shot-stopping goalkeeper for someone who can just you know, be the more modern goalkeeper. Not to say that Rai is not good at shot stopping, but we've seen countless times how Ranzel has saved us in big games and in big moments too. So are we really going to now trade that just because we want to play out the, from the back a bit better? It's not like Ramsdale is poor at that, you know, like if you were to compare your previous goalkeeper, De Gea, with Onana right now, um, yeah, Onana's brilliant, you know, playing out from the back. He has probably the passing ability of a midfielder to be honest, but his shot stopping has been a bit suspect if you're being honest. So, I don't want us to risk that factor, you know what I'm saying? If you get me. Yeah. Nah, I do get you. So, that's fair. With Everton, with what I was getting at is that 
They have, they are under new ownership now. 777 Partners have bought off about 94.6% of Fahad Mushiri's shares in the club. So hopefully, so hopefully they, this is the start of a promising future for them. But from what I've heard, the 777 Partners don't have the best reputation. So we'll see how things go for them. Yeah. Um, from what I also read, also, aren't they really only going to fully take over maybe from December onwards? Are we actually going to see them start implementing what they do? Um, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see how far it, it, it takes Everton, you know, to be honest. Well, they have a couple, you know, bucks to spend in the transfer market. Come January, we'll see because they do definitely need the players, I, I, I believe. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting, so we'll definitely keep our eye on that situation for sure. Um, Tabang, are you with us? Do you have anything to comment on the game? Yeah, I'm still with you guys. Um, honestly, I think I think Arsenal against Everton ended the way I thought it would end. You know, obviously with Arsenal winning that game. But um, overall, you know, Arsenal managed to have a great super sub situation. And, you know, Trossard came off the bench to seal a one note win for them. And, yeah, I think I think Arsenal fans would be disappointed in that game. How, how, how you guys played, especially against an Everton team that's struggling. But at least you only kept you you only kept them to one shot on target the whole day. So David Raya had a really boring game, I might say. You know, um but yeah, to comment on Mush's point on the on, on your goalkeeper situation, I think he's reading into it way too much, to be honest, bruh. Because I don't think it's that deep. You know, I think the players are gonna uh, are gonna understand that hey, there's a there's a spot to fight for, and I think there won't be anything drastic that will happen. Only after next season, the second season with them together. But I don't see their goalkeeper like both goalkeepers. You know, leave one. I mean, one of the two keepers leaving next season. I don't. I don't think that will happen that quick. So, you know, I think Ramsdale still has a spot in this Arsenal team. They'll they'll rotate, man. I honestly see that situation. You have two brilliant goalkeepers. I honestly think Arteta is gonna rotate depending on the team that you play. You know, um, just tactically, man. You know, David Raya. You might use him against teams where you need his uh, ball playing ability. You know, like a like against teams like Brighton, even Manchester City. So, yeah, I think I think I think the situation for the keepers is good. Um, they'll both get games. It's not like Aaron Ramsdale's gonna sit down the whole season. Like, come on, that's yeah. that's honestly not gonna happen. Yeah. Someone's gonna leave by the end of the season. We'll remember this episode and come back to it. All right. In that case, I guess we can then move forward on to another very, very, let's say, big result that happened over the weekend. Uh, we move on to Manchester United versus Brighton, where we, if you do not know by now, Manchester United lost that game one goal to three or three goals to one um, at home. Uh, Man United were pretty much kind of looking very decent in the first 15-20 minutes. But uh, after that, it was all Brighton um, from my perspective. Because I think I think Brighton toyed with you guys at your home ground, to be honest. Um, you did have a glimpse, I think, uh, once while back opened the scoring for Brighton. You did have what we thought was a goal again for you guys for an opening goal for Hoyland. Um, but which of course was rightfully ruled out because the ball went out. 
Um, hopefully not, you guys aren't going to complain about VAR now screen you over again. It was clear uh, and obvious that the ball was out. Um, but yeah, from that point onwards also, um, I I got to add a lot of your team do not play particularly well. Um, I can't really pick out any player that stood up far from Hoyland. And I kind of feel sorry for him because he's just coming to the squad and he already has now again this this type of weight on his shoulders where he has to carry a team. Not necessarily carry, but you go and try to mean, you know, he has a lot of hopes on him already uh to do to do bits. But I understand the the substitution from Tenaga to take him off because like we all know he's not fully fit and you can't want to rush him and then risk an injury again uh, rolling him rolling him out for uh, a long period of time but other than that though um, gotta give credit to Brighton to Zerbi deserves all his flowers for the system he has in place there Brighton scored a brilliant goal I think was it Gross's goal yeah um, beautiful team goal I think there were more than like 30 passes without you guys touching the ball and yeah all the way from starting from the goalkeeper all the way into your guys' half scoring that goal to um where he sent your 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 butcher, you know, yeah, for some chops. Yeah, probably. In any case, um yeah, good, good, good overall result for for Brighton. Uh terrible for United too, considering, you know, if you want to compare the the value of the squads, which I don't know has been trending a lot over social media recently. Uh you know, as in Brighton squad is being that good, but only value valued up to almost what sixteen mil, seventeen mil, not even twenty, compared to your guys is reaching, of course, above the hundred, two hundred mils. But in any case, though, um, yeah, let me get your guys' thoughts in the game. Let's start off with you, Tabang. Hey, man. You know. I don't know why you want to start off with me, dog. Why, why, why do you want to start off with me? Just, just, some BS. Let's start, just start off with you, bro. Let, 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 me, let me hear your guys' frustrations, bro. Because, yeah, it, it seems like you guys wanted us to be in the in this banter area with you, but we clearly leaving you guys behind. So, yeah, tell, tell me how how's it, how's it feel to still be there, you know? So, yeah, I don't know how it feels. Even. All I'm going to say is this, man. You were on your high horse. Last season, when when we lost to Brentford and Bright and Brighton in the beginning of the season, so relax, dog. It's still it's still very early, still very early in the season. But coming back to the game, you know what's there to say, man? I I'm not gonna leave anyone out. I'm really not gonna, and that includes Eric Ten Hag as well. I'm not leaving anyone out out of the blame for this game specifically. Of course, we had almost a, a full team of injuries and suspensions, but actually there's no but. That's one of the things that, that killed us this game. And, you know, coming back to that point of I'm not leaving everyone out of this, out, out of the blame, you know, we, we played well the first 18, 20 minutes of the game, as usual. And then what happened? Brighton used a simple change in their like in their tactics. It it was literally child's play, bro. Child's play tactics. All they did was, hey guys, let's let's just move the fullbacks up. Tyreek Lamty and I think it was Veltman. Yeah, you two you two fullbacks just move higher up the pitch. We're gonna play down the sidelines because you saw how we played, how we started the game off. We we use the diamond formation, you know, like a four triple two formation with two strikers. And honestly, you know, it looked like it was going to work. But, you know, a simple change in tactic, which Tenag somehow wasn't able to counter. You know, there was a big disappointment that he wasn't able to adjust tactically for the um, with this team. Um, you could always blame him not having the right players to be able to make those tactical adjustments. But I mean, come on, he's been working with these guys that were playing the game for, for about a year now. So, I mean, hey man, he should have done way better. Um, Oiland, I was celebrating. I'm not going to lie. 
you know, I thought I thought he he had a wonderful first goal for the club, um, but unfortunately, it was ruled out because Rashford dragged the ball out. Um, another thing that I that I hated, yo, and I and I honestly feel like a lot of Manchester United fans feel the same way about me. Rashford's selfishness, oh my goodness, bro, he's so selfish. He's so selfish. I don't think he realized that we have a, a number nine in this game. Like, I saw this guy take a shot from an impossible angle with his left foot. Like, when has he ever produced any goal like that? And also, I also saw him being in his superstar mode where he's refusing to track back, where he's walking on the pitch. Like, his attitude's horrible right now, bro. Honestly speaking. Ericsson, really love him. I really do. But he's... I feel like the pace of the game is too fast for him. So sometimes he, he gets caught lacking when uh, on the counter. Like, we, you saw how many times we got caught out on the counter against Brighton. It was so many times. Our midfield was way too slow, bro. Using Ericsson and Casimiro together against a team like Brighton was was a really stupid idea. Um, Ten Hag, tactically, he was beaten by De Zerbi. And, De Zer- and this wasn't even one of De Zerbi's tactical masterclasses, bro. He, he just did a simple adjustment, really, literally. He just moved the fullbacks higher up the pitch. That's that's literally all he did. And, uh, and, and we weren't able to adjust to that, bro. Um, but, you know, another issue, I don't get how Lissandro Martinez also looks so average playing next to Lindelof. That was also a disappointment. Um, Onana, I'm not. I'm actually not going to blame Onana for for some of the shots. You know, I know there's, there's a couple of guys out there that are like, oh, you know, now, now you guys wish you had De Gea's shot-stopping ability and, and whatnot. It it just goes to show, we, I think we, we really rushed the goalkeeper situation. Reason why, we should have... Th- I think because of the amount of money we, we spent on Onana, we missed out on bringing Amrabat in earlier, possibly even another centre-back, you know, because we spent that sixty million on Onana, but it is what it is. At the end of the day, we got him, we got our guy. Um, I didn't get to see any ball playing abilities, like any real ball playing abilities from Onana this game. And imagine that's the reason why we brought him in, but we're not seeing that. Why? Why is he not allowed to? do that with us like I don't understand why but hey man we we were outclassed we were we were outclassed against Brighton at home and yeah that's all I can say uh okay then uh guys before I get to my thoughts can we please stop this notion that because the hair was good at shot stopping he would have somehow been able to save the goals. I think we are forgetting some of the clangers the hair was putting in last season or the season before that. Or the fact that even you, Bucky, said that hey, after 2018, yeah, the hair's best days are behind him. So yeah. the hair was on the down, guys, and he wouldn't have been able to save all those shots. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Let's put that to bed. And anyway, in terms of the game, uh, guys, can I tenag your subs, my man? No. What were you doing with your subs? Why is it coming? Why is it actually? Now, the Hoyland one, I understand. The guy's not fit. It is what it is. Uh, there was this podcast I listened to. What it, what it said, what it actually shows is that 
how far Anthony Martial's stock has dropped. That that now he's coming on and he's being booed. <laughs> That's how much his stock has dropped. But I'm not really bothered about the Hoyland one. I'm more bothered about how long it took him to make subs. I don't like that McTominay started this game. And why and yes, the four four two was working. I don't know if it was a four two two or just a four two two. But I would have preferred if Palistri starts. I get it. We don't see him in training. Maybe he's not good, but if you give him a run of games and he flops, then look, it is what it is. You gave me a shot, then it's whatever. Anthony has gotten a lot of chances and he still looks crap. Casemiro's still in the team and he looks crap at the moment. Even the butcher, I hate to say it, he looks crap. And it's to the point we might even see Harry Maguire in the team at this rate. So that's how bad some of these players are playing. And then, like, the fact is that why did it take you so long to bring Garnacho and Pelistri in? Like, if I remember right, it was on the 85th minute that they were brought in. And the only time I was really upset, I've always been upset with Ten Hag and subs, but I felt this way when we lost the Arsenal game last weekend that, nah, man, your subs here, yeah, man, they really suck. And now we are into a Champions League game as well now. Thankfully, it's a beatable buying team, but considering the circus we have with Sancho and Greenwood and now Anthony, and who's the other one? Anthony as well. And now I am actually concerned about the buying game because it might mean now we see Bruno Fernandes on the wing, which I don't want. So, hey, for this game, yes, players are playing badly, but I put this game down on the coach. Okay. Um, glad to hear this type of thoughts, though. Uh, in any case, though, I feel like you guys are I don't know, being a little bit uh, unrealistic in terms of your, your whole goalkeeper situation. I don't even say unrealistic, but kind of unfair. It is still early days, but yeah, you guys did, did say with your, with, your goal, with your goalkeeper that you're going to get a ball-playing goalkeeper crew. Credit, for, credit, credit in him doing that. And, we, and like I said earlier, he is very brilliant at that. But to go back to your point, Mush, on... The hair, the hair. In a lot of situations, though there were some, you know, clangers that he made now and then. A lot of, of times, yeah, like yeah, I said, a now lot and of then. True, but there are a lot of times he pulls off some very big saves. That's the thing. Um, some of those goals, like I said, maybe, maybe not. He could have saved it, but we all know, shot stopping wise, the hair stop or. Not necessarily still, but was pretty much one of the best and could occasionally, you know, produce those type of saves. Granted, team, what kind of helped him get those 17 Premier League clean sheets and, of course, the Golden Glove was the fact that you had a very stubborn defense in front of him, um, which I don't know what's happened to it. Maybe the Veron injury is very big on your guys' part, but I don't know. The rest of your defense doesn't really look. Uh, up to standard at the moment, um, as well as your midfield too, because I think that's pretty much what helped you guys a lot of last season too. Because let's be honest, a lot majority of last season you guys edged a lot of your games, a lot of your games. There were two ones, one notes there, you know. And right now, once you get exposed, teams are punishing you for it, and. Uh, yeah, you guys do not clearly do not create enough chances to to respond to those to to those um goals that you concede. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Tenor can tactically switch this up because 
I don't know what type of football you guys play. Is it pressing football? Is it counter-attack football? Um, what 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 do you exactly are you guys trying to achieve there? You know, um, is it the players? Does it is it is it a situation that he does not have the players he wants? But that kind of seems like a lame excuse because he does in in nah. a sense. In a sense, let's be honest. Okay, maybe the def- maybe one or two players you would like to remove for sure. Your McTominay's, your Maguire's, and that. But no, there's, else, there's, there's a couple of more men. There's definitely he has the goalkeeper. Let's 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 put put this into into account. Then he has the goalkeeper he wants. He centre back pairing, of course. Maybe far from the Varane injury, he has the centre backs he, he he needs. The DM he nah. wants, he has. He has the DM he wants in Casemiro, a much more than Bruno that he wanted. Mount, I don't know, was that his signing or the club signing? Um, but he's also injured too. Ericsson was was it a was it a ten mark signing? I can't remember. It was, was ne? exactly. Yeah. That's another player that that's bought in from him. So your midfield is pretty much what Tenag would prefer in most instances. Sure though he doesn't have his wingers at the current moment, but that's due to a lot of off field issues. One it's his fault and the other one is yeah, uh other issues of course. Um, but yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting to 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 see, man. Uh, he does, like I said, based based on the starting lineup, he has some of the players that he actually does need. Could there be a couple more here and there? True. Um, but that that only happened over time. Um, I do also want to just add that I feel like a lot of you fans are maybe being a bit, I gonna say, drastic in trying to say Ten Hag out. I feel like it's still one of those things where you guys have to stick with him. Who's saying that? Did you not see a trending, dude? It was literally trending on, on Twitter, um, the, my boy, hashtag Ten Hag out. So, yeah. There's a couple of people that are already starting to, to call for his head, believe it or not. But, yeah, it every every club kind of goes through this with new managers. We went through the Tateta. Liverpool, some fans did it too, you know, believe it or not, with Klopp. Um, so, yeah, clearly you can see what happens if you stick out and actually back the manager. But the question is, is your club run properly enough to, you know, facilitate those type of things? Because I think you've had quality managers in the past, your Mourinho's, your no. Ali's. No. They be do people. Let's be honest. Mush, mush, mush. In some Mourinho cases, it was the club that, that let you down. Huh? What has Mourinho done since he left United, bruh? He got Roma a trophy, bro. What you on about? Yeah, he got Roma yeah, a trophy. He didn't get them nothing. A third rate trophy. Come on, bruh. I mean, come on. It doesn't bro. matter. Roma are not that great of a club. What do you expect, bro? Roma's not like a massive. With them, won the conference league, dog. Exactly. David, so David Moyes is better. Is that what you're saying? They're in the same level at this point right now. Mourinho's also fell off completely, dude. Let's be honest. We all know Mourinho's fell off. Hence why he's managing the likes of your Roma at the moment. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's no. What is this? Big surprise that he's there, or what is achieved? But the fact that he's still achieving that, uh, Roma not that that good to be honest. So yeah, credit to him in that in that regard. But anyways, um, to give me back off to track, saying that like yeah, it's not. I don't think it's come down fully onto the managers or whoever it is. I don't know. I feel like the whole club as a whole is there's just something wrong. With. From from but, the top all the way to 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 the bottom. To be honest with you, I feel like there's just some stuff that need a whole lot of fixing. Um, how you guys do that, I do not know. Um, yeah, I do agree. Maybe some on-field decisions. Ten Hag could have could have could have done a bit better. Um, yeah, I I don't know what what's what's going to happen with you guys' club, man. It's not looking good for you guys, but. From the outside, as a you know, uh, and let me not say a hater, but someone who does not like your club for sure. Uh, I'm enjoying this, 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 and long may continue. Um, I don't know if you guys 
potentially even see a, a shining light, perhaps, maybe, if certain players were to come back, do you see anything changing for you guys? That's the question I want to ask you. Yes, I think, true. I think, I think if Varane comes back... And Amrabat. Nah, I don't have faith yeah, for that. And Amrabat, dog, because... We we yeah. need we need the legs in the midfield for sure. We definitely need the legs in the midfield. We can't we can't start we can't start games with freaking Casimero and Ericsson being there and then we playing against Brighton one week, then we playing against Arsenal, and then we playing then we playing against freaking Man City. It's do do to to not realize to not um rely on Amrabat's crazy. I'm saying no, bro. I'm saying Varane will be a big difference when he comes back. I think Luke Shaw will be a massive boost when he's back. I don't really have high hopes for Amrabat. I have higher hopes for my Inu than him, to be honest. Because people are thinking that Amrabat will be this tackling or pressing machine when. That's not his game. And also, guys, a World Cup is a very small sample size. So, really, I don't have that much faith. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, then at least United, all we did was we paid that loan fee. We don't have an obligation. And we move. Then we get other targets next season. Okay, in that case, I guess we can move forward on to your guys' next fixture, though, um, since you already mentioned it. Um, it is the Champions League fixture against Bayern Munich. Are you guys confident for that one? Uh, how do you guys think that one's going to go? Are you going to go TB or should I go? Okay, I'll go, since nothing's being said. Um, As I said, this is a beatable Bayern team. They have started well in the Bundesliga. Kane is scoring some goals. And despite the fact that they don't have Neuer and they didn't really sign a, a stopgap goalkeeper replacement, they're still doing well. They drew with their biggest challengers, at least one of them, in Bayer Leverkusen 2-2 over the weekend. So, yeah, it is what it is in that sense. But it's still a very beatable team. My issue is that who is going to start this game? Is Ten Hag going to start with Bruno on the wing? Or is he going to start with McTominay? Yes, the tactic worked for the first 20 minutes. But eventually, like Tabang said, tactical adjustments and he wasn't able to, Ten Hag actually, wasn't able to figure out a counter. So then what? So I don't have a lot of confidence in this game. But... This is a beatable Bayern team, despite their good start to the Bundesliga. They can be got at. Joshua Kimmich isn't someone that Tuchel raised to play in midfield. You can, like, Upamecano is still starting games. And I've been on this podcast here saying before how I feel Konate is better. And this is someone that can be got at. Wow. And it's not Neuer playing, it's Sven Orash. and even though Sven Orash is a good goalkeeper and is good enough for Bayern to win the Bundesliga, he's not a Champions League level goalkeeper. So, he can be also got at. So, it's a winnable game, but a lot of it really depends on the team selection and getting the tactics right. If I see McTominay in this team, I will be so sad. And then I think it will be won and lost in midfield because, like I said before, 
Uh, Tuchel doesn't really rate Kimmich as the number six. They're playing Conrad Lammer, another potential number six at right back at the moment. And also, they didn't get Polinia with us. Casemiro is not playing well. And Eriksen, like his legs are looking gone. And he really can't be playing as one of the two pivots like he did over the weekend. And check you, so, you, you say you, it'll be you, you one say, and lost in midfield, and so far I feel that best case scenario we are getting a draw, but depending on the team sheet, we'll really feel that it will make me lean towards a loss if I see McTominay in that team or Bruno starting on the wing. I will be so sad. So I'm leaning towards the draw for now. All right. But check here, you, you, you're saying that, but you said that we don't need Amarabad. Yo, what, can you hear me? What difference, what difference is Amarabad going to do, bro? Literally, have you ever have you ever seen the, the type of profile player he is? Yeah, of course I've seen the, the young cameo he had at the World Cup. That's pretty much no, it, bro. Get that. But, like like there's a there's a full scout report on the type of on the type of player he is. He's an energetic, ball winning, ball playing uh, um number six, bro. Like he actually starts the build up for us and he also will offer much more energy in the midfield that Casemiro's take not giving us really right now. So we would see, we would probably see him play number six with Casemiro a little bit higher than him. Because Casemiro, like one thing that we can rely on him is his ability on the ball. But off of it right now in the Prem, nah, he's 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 quite he's he's leggy, man. We 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 definitely can't use him and Ericsson together, you know, one has to be sacrificed. That's a that's a big fact. So he, he, he definitely would bring a big change to this team. Right. It'll be interesting to see, bro. Um, to be honest with you, I don't see you guys even getting any positive result in this game, um, if I'm being honest. Uh, I think Bayern are just going to be too good for you. Um even though they themselves are not looking particularly in the best form themselves, um, I just still think they have just more quality all round, you know, to to topple you guys. Will they just? I don't know. Will they? Will they completely run over you? Um, maybe, maybe not. It all all depend on how, like I guess, Mush said your team tactic, team tactics, your team lineup, and all that, but. Regardless, I feel like whoever you guys put in that lineup, you guys will not get a result. Best case scenario, a draw, maybe. Um, That's but fair. I pers- personally feel like Bayern are going to be too good for you guys. Um, yeah, on the day though. But yeah, like I said, it'd be interesting. It'd, it'd be an interesting watch though, for sure. Um, I guess in that case, we can also move on to another. Champions League game, of course, we'll move on to the Arsenal one uh, versus PSV. Uh, not really want to talk too long on that regard because I think it's going to be a pretty comfortable game for us, Arsenal. Um, I'm sure Arteta is going to be rotating that squad. Not too much, but just, you know, chip and chop now and then. I expect Ramsdale um, to start the game. I expect Kai Havertz to also come back into the squad. Um, Tommy Yasu also probably starting ahead of Zinchenko. Uh, Jesus starting over Ketia and Trossard also getting into the lineup due to the Martinelli, you know, knock that he picked up over the weekend. Hopefully, that's also nothing too serious and he might be back in time for the Spurs game too. But yeah, I feel like this is going to be a good game to you know, give a couple of the players who don't usually start. Um, you know, some minutes so they can also, you know, pick up that, that, that form and get into the system the way we expect them to. 
hopefully we'll see a young cameo from Smith also. Hopefully. Um still not too sure how far party is. But yeah, I hopefully he'll be back pretty, pretty soon. But yeah, um I expect that to be a very comfortable victory for us, to be honest with you. Um yeah, yeah. I, think, yeah, I actually don't even want to do my prediction yet, but I think it'll be definitely maybe a win by more than two goals for sure with a clean sheet, hopefully. So yeah, that, yeah. that's my prediction. You guys thoughts? Nah, I, I think I think you guys should win that game. Um, even if I don't think I think the rotation, I think the backline will probably be. The same, except with Tommy Asu at left, at left back instead of Zini. Um, but besides that, I think it will probably, the defense will probably still be Saliba, um, Gabriel, and Ben White at right back with Ramsdale coming back. Man, that's actually a great situation to be in with the, with the Ramsdale and David Raya thing. It's a great situation to be in. I do okay. think Declan... Declan Rice will still start. Um, where you guys will rotate is the number eight positions and the wingers most likely. Maybe maybe Inketia comes off for Gabriel Jesus to start this game because Jesus hasn't been starting, so they might just give him his first start of the season in this game. Um yeah, that's what I probably expect with Reese Nelson on uh, on the wing instead of Smith Rowe. I don't think you guys will use him. I think Smith Rowe might probably come off the bench. So even with that team, you guys should beat PSV pretty comfortably. I think two not, maybe three one. Nah, I don't. Yeah, maybe a three one. You know, I think that that might just be the score. Uh, for me, I'm going to go left field because I think PSV are going to give you guys a game. They have won all first four games in the Eredivisie and they are top of the league with 12 points. Uh, so I'm going to go a bit left field and say a 2-2 draw. Fair play. Fair play. All right. That's an interesting take. Um, I think another game, of course, we'll probably talk about the we're gonna have to talk about the group of death. Um, I think it's PSG versus is it Dortmund? Milan? Is Dortmund, no, yeah, Dortmund. Right. Um, to be honest, that group of death is not looking as deadly as I thought. Prior, due to all four teams not being in the best of form at the moment, PSG also coming off of a defeat over the weekend. Um, yeah, not really looking particularly good. Dortmund themselves also not looking at, I don't know, not, not looking like they, they particularly flamboyant selves, but uh, it will be a very interesting game for sure. Still a decent watch because at the end of the day, it's still two top teams. Um, but I do think PSG have, of course, just more quality again all around, which will possibly help them edge, edge it. Uh, the result for me, um, can't really go with the score. Probably a 2-1, 2-1 victory to PSG. Yeah, I can, I can, I think I can completely say that. Your guys' thoughts? Um, I'm going... Dortmund aren't good defensively. They're still struggling a bit. So I'm going to go with uh, a 3-0 win to PSG. Damn. No, no goal for Dortmund? Nah. All right, all right then. Um, I think I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go one-one Dortmund against PSG. <laughs> okay, that that's an interesting take. Um, another game, of course, that's in the group of death is Newcastle Milan. Again, both teams not in the 
best the particular forms at the moment. Newcastle, they start the season quite decent, but kind of fell off. Um, Milan just lost 5-1 in their Milan derby also. So it's not really the best of results to come into a Champions League game with too. Um, but yeah, I don't really know how this game is potentially going to go though, if I'm being honest. Um, who's 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 at home for this game? I, I'm not too sure. It's Milan. Okay, in that regard, then I do think Milan could potentially edge it 1-0. Yeah, I, I don't think there'll be a goal for Newcastle, to be honest. Um, but Daniel. I think it again will potentially be a decent game. Not too sure though. But yeah, very exciting to watch, I guess. Do you know do you know what I think is gonna happen? I think well Wilson's been playing pretty well for Newcastle. Um there's no way I don't think Newcastle won't score. I think they got the they got the right players. You know, of course Liao's a danger. Of of course Pulisic seems to have found a bit of form there. Loftus cheek looks like a different player for Milan. But uh I think Newcastle would I think they'll they'll be able to respond quite positively in this game. Um they got the right amount of physicality. Uh also, you know, Milan having a couple of previous Premier League players. Uh there's a there's a couple of there's a couple of Newcastle players who are accustomed to guys like Loftus Cheek, Pulisic, even Olivier Giroud. So I don't think I don't think um it's gonna be an edge for Milan. I think Newcastle might just win that game about I think two one. Or yeah, two one. I'm gonna go two one Newcastle. Um for me I think yeah, Milan got battered five one by Inter, but they've started aside from that, they've won the other three games, so that coupled with Newcastle's mixed bag of a start, I'm gonna go one nil AC Milan. Yeah, I guess we agreed on that result. Um, fair, there will be other games too, though, but I won't get into them at the moment. Um, one last segment we're gonna get, we're gonna just address right now is the Palandor lists. Um, Sabang, you clearly have your your comments to 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 add in in, in terms of the the list itself. Uh, you felt like a couple player was snubbed. Uh, some yeah. that don't fully deserve to be there. Um, do 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 kick us off. Who, who do you have that you feel that was snubbed in that list? All right. So let 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 let's start with a couple of players who probably shouldn't even be on the no no, no who, who should have been included on this list. Right. First one, Marcus Rashford. He just had his best season. Like honestly, bro. Like if Saka, if Saka was there, Rashford should have definitely been there. He played pretty well for Manchester United. Um, of course, Carabao Cup. It's not really something to to brag home about. But having say said that, why is Kolo Muani on this list? You know what I'm saying? Why is he on this mm-hmm. list? If Rashford is if Rashford got snapped, why is Kolomuani on this list? And also another player who I don't get, Rafael Liao was literally Milan's best player. Yes, he got injured. Um he got injured for for the last couple of Champions League games. But his goal is the reason why they got into the semifinals in the first place. You know what I'm saying? And if you go back if you go even before that game, he's been carrying Milan the whole season as well. So it's also quite crazy that he didn't make he didn't make the list. And guys like Kolo Muani is on this list. 
you know, which is which is quite a big surprise. I don't know how Benzema ended up on this list as well. To be honest, I don't think it was one of his best seasons. You know, uh, Vinicius Junior was definitely our best player, but yeah, you know, I think I think they really they really could have adjusted this list a little bit. Um, just adding. At least Rashford should have made this list instead of Kolomuani, in my opinion. Um, and Saka. Huh? And Saka. And Saka should have also made this list. Because... He did. Yeah, no, no, Saka is on the list. Kovadiel shouldn't have been on this list. At that time, he was still at... Are you saying Saka shouldn't have been on this list? Yeah. Why? Are you mush? You are hated, yeah. bro. <laughs> why? why? Okay, please, please, please share why, 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 why do you think soccer shouldn't be I'm on a that list? I'm okay, a <laughs> that that okay. So clearly, it's not for football reasons; it's just for petty reasons. Because we all know how brilliant soccer was last season, including Martin Odegaard too. So yeah, obviously our main players. I agree with with Tabang. Um, Rashford should have also been nominated in this list. Um, some players that you mentioned also kind of shouldn't have been there. But yeah. either way, it doesn't particularly fully matter for me because it's not like either they're the players the we 10. mentioned are gonna be yeah in the top eleven also. So they're not gonna be in the in that starting lineup, or they're gonna even be considered for the award in itself. Because we all know who the front runners are in Holland, Messi, potentially. The third one is well difficult. As, yeah, Mbappe, Mbappe is a consideration. Rodri, De Bruyne, all considerations. So yeah, yeah well, it'll be interesting to see who wins it. Um, no, but probably give if, it to Messi. Yeah, uh, yeah, I actually did want to talk about that in that regard. Like, who do you guys think fully deserves it? And do you think the Ballon d'Or in itself is still a credible award? Honestly speaking, what 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 did Messi? Dude, Mbappe was 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 PSG's best player, right? If Messi wins this, it would only be because of the World Cup. So, are you gonna really overshadow a a, a few games in the World Cup to a whole season, thirty five games or so? I mean. If you take all competitions, that's like 43, 43 games. I mean, come on, bro. It, it, it's uh, quite unfair if, if Messi let, does let me, win it. Let, sorry to cut you, but in terms of, of why I think Messi still considered, of course, the big shot because of it. Yes, I agree. It's mainly because of his World Cup, World Cup feats, uh, achievements that he's most likely the front runner for the award. But yeah. if we're looking back to previous years, the World Cup has always played a big part in this thing, regardless to who the player is. We look at Modric's win uh, was due to his World Cup feats, and of course also a decent club performance as well. But the World Cup is overall what edged him to get it. Um, the year before, what is it? 2014. Who won it 2014? Ronaldo. Okay. Did Ronaldo have a good World Cup in 2014? No. no, no, he scored. He no, scored one. I think he scored one goal the whole tournament. Yeah, okay, but they were never going to give it to Manuel Neuer that year anyway. So makes sense. So, yeah, goalkeeper was never gonna win that World Cup. The 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 Ballon d'Or either way. So, yeah, it's it's. I guess Ronaldo made sense because he still had a brilliant year all round in terms of, for for club football. The year prior to it, twenty. 2010 was probably the first year where I would say maybe that's where this this World Cup the World Cup where where in previous years prior to to that World Cup the 2010 World Cup where every player who who played a crucial part in the World Cup won it because I think before that your Cannavaro won it before for Italy when they won it for his feats there um, and Ronaldo won it or nine. Of course, one and four for Brazil and so forth. The World Cup has always played a big part prior to, to Messi winning it in 2010, where it should have been either Iniesta or Xavi for their feats. But considering the, the year that Messi had overall, 
kind of shifted the narrative. That's what I'm saying. I asked the question as to does the Ballon d'Or still have that credibility it usually has that um, in previous seasons? Is it, do we give it towards the best? Is it, is it, is the award supposed to be given towards the best individual player or to the player who's won trophies? That's the key, key thing. We do understand the World Cup plays a very, very, very big factor in the, in the decision making, of course. But we have to also take into account, like we say, the amount of goal contributions the club, that the players had, the impact he's had, both club and country too. Um, so yeah, of course, Holland can, can't be considered much for his club, for his country, I mean, because Norway aren't particularly good at all um, on the world stage. But if you want to compare these stats, why I do think Messi... Um, Deserves to be number one for me, or is kind of the front runner for me. Uh, overall, last season, um, in the calendar year of 2022, 2023, he had 42 goals and 26 assists, had a world cup, league, and trophy, and a trophy to champion in France. Comparing uh, it with Holland, Holland got I, I like six goals, nine assists, and one, of course, won the treble with Man City. Um, we all know, yeah, again, the travel is a very, very big factor. And I don't think Man City would have ever won the Champions League without him. But, yeah, I don't think we can discredit Messi for that. Because even though Messi didn't have a very good year for PSG, he was still killing it in terms of assists, though, let's be honest. Yeah, no, 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 that is true. That is true. He, I think he, he had the most assists and he, and he was also... Um, I think he also had the most assists in the top five leagues as well as a whole. So I'm not I'm not discrediting him because to be honest, Messi was phenomenal, man. Especially this late in his career as well. Like honestly speaking, he was he was phenomenal last season. He definitely does deserve to be in this top three list. But I mean. Um, you know, Holland had a had an incredible year. City's first treble, him breaking, him breaking new, numerous records in the Premier League in his first season. Um, you know, I I don't think you can you can fully discredit him, but oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. Any 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 and if you look at the amount of games he's he's played and how he's been able, um to do in those games he was more consistent um but you're right in terms of the world cup or the world cup being a factor you are right on that um i, I think it's i, I don't want to hate on it man if messi does win to be honest with you i don't want to i don't want to hate on it because if he if he wins i think it is what it is I don't think people should look at it like, oh, he's been cheated or whatever. But I think this year, I think Holland oh, really, he has a strong case for it himself, man. I don't think true. he, he true. should be my here's, front runner, honestly. Yeah, here's, here's something I actually kind of want to throw into to, to also the play. If Mbappe, if France had won, the World Cup, do you think Mbappe would be now a front runner also? Because let's be honest. For sure. For sure, it would be exactly that. Just shows how much weight the World Cup has in terms of the the decision making process of it. If you were to come, if Senna if it wasn't a World Cup year, then Messi probably most likely will definitely not be in consideration for the award. Probably still be, of course, in the top ten, but I don't think it would be in the top three for me personally yeah. because, like I said, he did yeah. not have a great, a particularly amazing season for. Or what is this PSG in itself? Although he did rack up um, a couple of assists and yeah. a couple of goals now and there, here and there. Um, overall, it was his Argentina feats that you know carried him to to where it is. But you can't discredit that Messi, Messi None finally achieved. This, it was literally a year where Messi completed football. So of course, it's one of those things where he has to be considered. Like for me, the award can go to either one of the two, I would not be mad, yeah. honestly. Yeah. They, they're both deserving of it. So, yeah, but I think Messi would win it most likely because it's the World Cup. 
and yeah. the features it has, it's it's just one of those things. But again, Holland, like you say, stated before, world record-breaking season, treble-winning season. But I think one thing that may kind of hinder him for the award is also his impact in the big games in terms of not big games in terms of like derbies and everything, but in terms of the finals, he, he was pretty much a ghost though. I do give him the, the benefit of the doubt, the fact that his presence there alone did allow uh, his teammates like Bernardo, Gnowans and Roddy to maybe, you know, take a bit of the, the limelight themselves as, you know, defense defenses are always going to be cautious and wary of his presence. Um, in the box. So, yeah, I guess you can give credit to Ireland for that, though. But again, I think his lack of impact in those big moments or those final moments, you know, the finals and semifinals in all competitions, to be honest, could be also one of the reasons why he's maybe not be a front runner in my books for, for the award. But Mush, who, what, are, what are your opinions on that? To keep a long story short, the award has lost its prestige, but I think Holland does deserve it. If Messi does get it, like you said, it's mostly because of the World Cup, and it's a nice story to tell. Messi wins the World Cup after years of struggling to win stuff with Argentina. The story writes itself. So it's just one of those things, man. But it doesn't really matter when we all know the award has lost its prestige. So I don't really care who wins that award. I'm not going to watch the ceremony. I mean, like I've got Twitter. Twitter's enough. You can really gauge what's going on just from that, in all honesty. Hi, that's fair. In any case, that's all we... we... We got for today, right? I think. So yeah. Um Pretty much. guys, thank you for, for for tuning in. Please do be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. Um make sure to follow us on all our socials. Um yeah, we are on Twitter, we are on Insta, we are also on YouTube. Um the links, where are the links are the links gonna be Yeah shared. We ne? yeah. Yeah the always shared dude. Okay, sorry. Yeah, the links will be shared, so please do again for give us a follow and yeah, comment to links. Um and it's from from Mabakwe. It's been your boy. Peace, love, love, and uh, see you guys next week.